Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info, and uh, we're going to be diving into a number of different topics. Some are going to be shorter, some are going to be longer, but we wanted to revisit something since when this goes live, and correct me if I'm wrong, Scott, it's going to be live the week of Gen Con. Like, the event will be only a few days by the time people not hearing this live, it's hitting their ears. Yeah, it'll be the Monday, so a week from today that we're recording, so it'll be next Monday. Yep. We're getting down to the wire, folks, and it's, I don't know about you, Scott, but I'm getting really excited. <laughs> like, it, it's weird every year, it's, you know, Gen Con tickets go on sale in January, and my wife and I always get badges early, and then it's, okay, well, we got them, we're all excited for a month or two, and then it's, you know, we have months and months and months before it actually happens, and now it's here again. Are you getting super amped up, or are you, uh, you playing a common cool until we're you're actually on site? I just have too much to logistically to figure out until I get there. So. <laughs> Enough stuff <laughs> keeping your mind busy to not worry yeah. about. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, the uh, I think is it just overhead for our stuff, <laughs> or is it just real life stuff? No, it's like coordinating how I'm physically going to get there every day versus like you know Ubers versus being driven and. Oh, you know, that's when I'm going to leave and like when gotcha. I'm what what day am I actually able to pick up my badge? Because I thought it was I can't pick it up till Thursday, but now I think I can pick it up on Wednesday. I don't know. Yeah. So like, do I go straight to the site? Do I go straight to the Airbnb? Like it's these kind of decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Although the uh, unfortunately, I was going to say nonsense ones, but they are important because, you know, you kind of need a badge to get in the hall. That sort of thing. Yeah. If people want to meet up for dinner, I don't know what day I can tell them because I'm like. I don't know. My first two days seem kind of packed right now, but who knows? Right, right. Yeah, so. I'm very, I'm very anxious to see exactly how much Transformers I'm going to get to play. I mean, I'm going to be playing a lot, but is it? I'm going to play in the first event of the day, and then it's going to overlap the second one, or is it? I'm just going to be so tired after the first one, kind of thing. We'll have to see how it goes. Man, you're already segueing into our future topic. So exactly, like, uh, <laughs> we, 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 getting I, ahead of ourselves. I, I can give you answers to that in a few minutes. Awesome. <laughs> well, you got to teach me. You got to teach me. All right. So to start, actually, at the top, we just wanted to do a quick recap. So we actually had a local event over at Togit. Uh, it's hosted by or was run by Eric. So shout out to Eric because it was a really well-run event. I think the videos are all up on the uh, team RTFC slash bacon ice cream youtube channel yeah we have some videos that we um that are up on our channel again by the time you hear this not yes when we're recording um as well so yeah so you can definitely look forward to that i ran uh and because this one was a little weird uh whoop, pictures change real quick so that's a g1 blur up on screen if anybody is wondering what exactly that car is uh <laughs> because i ran blur at the event uh ended up just breaking 500 there were some different things there. Uh, you had the old standbys. Bugs ended up top fouring. Uh, Adam Bixler, one of our team members, also top fouring. He was running a General Optimus build. And there were a few different other things, including Stefan, who's our uh, Origins champion, was running a, a variation of three-wide Optimus with Aimless. There were a couple things going there, going on across the list. But as a whole, it seemed that a lot of people were still feeling out wave three at this stage which kind of makes sense i guess um it's still very early it was the very first event locally 
for us as far as I'm aware for Wave 3. And as a result, I'm sure it was just, you know, hey, I want to try out this guy. I want to see how this card does sort of thing. Uh, the blur idea was something Scott gave me, and it would, it would when it worked, it was great. It just didn't always work. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but that's all right. I mean, that that's part of the fun of of trying this stuff, especially at a smaller event like this, that it's, you know, it's not necessarily we're going into a hardcore testing session. Okay, this is a super serial tournament. It's just, okay, we're getting live fire practice effectively. You know, you're going into an event. It's not our team or local testing group. It's going out and expanding your horizons to some extent and seeing, okay, well, it's not just all of us talking through the plays together. It's now I need to figure this out on my own in the moment. Yeah, which I think has a lot of value if you're playing something that you haven't played before. So. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's always one thing to to do it in practice. You know, you run a thousand reps. It's another thing when you get to game time and things are actually on the line. You're actually up against the clock. It was also for me personally, since I didn't get to attend Origins, it was the first time I really played with sideboards. I mean, I have in other games, but it's just been so long. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, so it was definitely an interesting experience. Overall, the everybody, you know, it was always an awesome event. The Transformers community is always awesome. So, again, shout out to Eric for putting that on. Hopefully, you can get more going in the future. Yeah, they'll be monthly. So, um, I know the next one is, like, the week <coughs> after Gen Con, which may be a little awkward. But, um, hmm. you know, I guess I would just say, like, it's important... How do I explain it? Like, I think ever since the organized play season kicked off and, like, it's been so, like, back-to-back like this, I guess it's just been... It's been difficult for me personally to attend some of the more larger local events that I would have no issue ever attending otherwise. So, like, I think once this... Once Gen Con is over and, and that honeymoon phase of it is over until we get to December... Um, I, I'm sure that there'll be more. I'll, I'll be more apt to go to some of these further away local events. Yeah, it, personally, I don't want to say that it's oversaturation because that's definitely not the case. I appreciate that there's events going on. You know, that um, down at the comic book shop, they're they're always running events down there, and uh, there's a number of other areas. It's just it's summertime, so you know, my wife wants to go to the beach, or I want to go visit family, or just be out. And it's a lot of competing things. So it's just tough, especially as we're trying to make sure. Because even though we are, ge- Vector Sigma is geographically centered, we we do have a little bit of driving. So it can be a challenge to make sure we can also all meet up. Yeah. So uh, as always, and we, we used to say this a lot more, but it's worth repeating. Make sure you're supporting any local places that you can, especially now that it's, hey, there's a big event coming up. Tell your local store, get people together so that you can all be on the same page sort of thing. Yeah, I don't. I, I hope we'll have a chance to talk about it before the next event happens. I think the next event might be their qualifier for the Energon Invitational. I'm not positive, so right. we'll have to find that out. And if, if, if so, I mean, we'll be posting it on the, the calendar anyway, so just take a look out for that. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on the calendar. Scott's been keeping all the events on there as best we can, so uh, and if as a shout out also to anyone else running events, if you have a local event that, you know, you had a bunch of people show up to, or you think you had something cool, by all means, mention it. If you haven't been already, whether obviously before to get people to come, but afterwards, because it helps the whole community as a, as a whole to try and gather information. So, yeah, I've seen a few of the <coughs> qualifiers, um, have been sealed recently. So, um, Interesting. that also is a, is a reason why, like, 
we don't see a lot of updated deck techs and things like that because there just isn't a lot of information out there, it seems. So. Absolutely, yeah. And it, I know for for my part, and Scott, I think you've mentioned this in a number of different places, it's also a matter of you want to have appropriate information to, to put out there. So for me, I, I tend to overanalyze things anyway, and I want to make sure that I am really can defend certain points on whatever it happens to be before I put something out there. And then there's other times where I just throw stuff out there like an idiot, but that's a different story. Um, <laughs> point being is that uh, it, you were talking about how there's not a whole lot of information. It's also a matter of making sure it's appropriate information. Yep, agree. So, um, but that was the uh, quick recap and uh, shout out to Mark. We kept it air quotes cursory this time. <laughs> it happened. It was the first time for everything. Um. The next thing up that we want to talk about, and this is actually going back a bit now to some extent, uh, and that's the remainder of the Blaster versus Soundwave starter deck or convention pack. I'm not sure exactly what the, name, the title for it is, uh, but we got the battle cards, basically. And we just wanted to do a quick rundown of these. They're in the order that I happened to pull them off the official Transformers TCG Facebook page. So... Uh, they're not actually in order, <laughs> but that's fine. That's <laughs> well, fine. Most of them, uh, at least for me and Scott, you can obviously feel free to jump in. There's only a few that I I'm really, really care about, but uh, we're going to run through them all. First one up is inner groove, which was the utility one. It's a white pip. It gives plus one, plus one, but you can only drop it on mini cassettes. Uh, having messed around with them a little bit, obviously we proxied it up. Um, I I did not run this card, but I also don't recall a scenario where I wanted to play it, um, just by virtue of the way the games were playing out. Was is this something that you have thought about, Scott? Like, are you excited by this one? No, because like I don't <coughs> think turning them into a four nine two is that much different than having them be a three nine one and like. The thing is, if you if you if you want to defer attacks from them, you just flip them to the cassette mode and give them stealth anyway. So like, right. I don't think the plus one defense is all that relevant, which is obviously the relevant part of the ability. Of course, I mean it. It is unique to get both sides of the combat stats on a utility. Absolutely, so there is that. There is that, but like, I, I don't think this is worth the. Uh, if it was green, maybe. Like, but I don't think. This yeah, is I feel important. like it should have been green at least to run one of them. The plus one defense. I mean, it really comes down to is is 12 that much different than 13 and by that i mean it's going to be assuming you're in a blue shell it'll be nine health uh, one defense is 10 plus two blue pips so then this would push it to 13 and i don't know if that basically if your opponent can get to 12 they're probably at 13 already to one shot them yeah i think the ruling on one of the cards that we'll talk about in a little bit also hurts this card yes so, yeah absolutely um, which, is another, which is another factor yeah so i'm not super excited about this one but we have more in store. So the next one up is Intercept Communications, which is the Soundwave star card. It's double black pips. Uh, you can only play it if you start it with Soundwave. You draw two cards and then choose a card in your opponent's scrap pile and put it on top of their deck. Uh, we did talk about offline that there are some fringe scenarios where you could mess with your opponent's next draw step. It's very difficult to engineer, but it is possible. Um, the fact that it's a star card... It, I feel really holds it back. And although the double black pips because of the low attack value on these guys might matter, but it's, it's another one in the category of, I don't, 
the way I've been building Soundwave, I don't have the room for it right now. What about you, Scott? So I think it comes down to whether or not you build the, quote, Soundwave solo cassette deck or you play it the way that we've been building them with <coughs> more like one or two cassettes and other characters. Yeah. So I think if you if you play it in the solo Soundwave deck, you'd have three stars. And I think this might be a better option than some of the presumably double blues that you would run or like, mm. you know, I, I don't think you'd run other random cards so like i i think it's probably it'd be energized better. field or leap of faith i guess like those yeah are... like yeah like things like that i think i think this would see play in at least a two out of those three slots i could see um, that yeah there are obviously other scenarios where like you know him a cassette and a 10 drop instead of an 11 drop gives you a star or him two cassettes and a six instead of a seven gives you a star or you know, right. a five gives you two or something like that. Where I can see where where this would um, potentially see play, but um, outside of those scenarios, like if you if you're building to the twenty five stars, I, I wouldn't be trying to fit this card in. But I think it's probably a better option than some of the other ones, just because like. I don't really know how relevant, like, putting a blank or an orange on top of your opponent's deck when they're defending, if they're, would probably only matter if they're a blue deck anyway, so, like, that's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, and it being double black doesn't really do a whole lot for me. It's but... actually kind of a, I mean, I did mention the scenario where, okay, now Ravage has Pierce 4 because you flip this thing and, you know, you have whatever on him to make it reasonable, but... It's cut, actually cutting into, aside from your star count, it's cutting into your non, we'll call it standard pip count. So if you're a blue deck, yeah. you can only run so many non-blues before it becomes a problem. And is this really what you want to have as your 10th, 11th, 12th, whatever, non-blue? I mean, it draws you two cards, and it puts a card, and it hurts your opponent in some way, shape, or form. And I, I, I it's just really hard to make it where, like, cost of a draw step or something like that um yeah but... it's just is this significantly better than pep talk because that like you said that last line of text just doesn't seem like it's gonna <laughs> come into play all that often unless no, it, would only come, it would only come into play in blue mirrors or something like that. right so, right yeah i don't think it's that big of a deal yeah i'm i'm not super sold on it but i mean Again, you could do weird things because of what the cassettes allow you to do, especially post-board. So maybe this is a star card in your board for those blue matchups. I don't know. Even then, it's still... I feel like you could have something better than this, but... I mean, on the same turn that you flip Soundwave to play a cassette, you basically set up your opponent's entire combat defense. Yes. So, like, if there was the situation where they had no defense and no whites or anything like that, like, I mean you'd just be doubling up on the ability. It wouldn't do anything extra, but it would be a, a much worse turn for them than it would be already. So Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's certainly fringe case scenario. I just don't... As of right now, I'm not excited by this card. I'm sure I'll eat my words in a, in a couple weeks, but we'll see. It's <laughs> fair. Um, moving from there, we have Daring Counterattack, which is an orange pip. Choose one of your characters. It gets plus one until end of turn. Plus one attack, excuse me, until end of turn for each Autobot mini cassette in your KO area. If you have Blaster on the field, the chosen character also gets Pierce six until end of turn. So basically, it gives Blaster or your other ten drop Pierce six, because, or one of your or one of your cassettes. 
Well, it, you know? yes, you could, but I would imagine if you're not playing this on Steel Jaw, because then it's only going to be three. Well, I guess no, I mean, you'd be up to five, so that's because assuming you're an orange deck. Or you just play a weapon on them or something, yeah. Yeah. This seems like a decent sideboard card. Obviously, you don't really care. The, the first part of it about getting plus one is probably irrelevant, unless I'm missing something. No, I mean, I. it's just a, oh, by the way, in my opinion. I mean, it basically, it just gives Blaster, without a weapon, goes to six if one of the cassettes is dead. It's just a theme <laughs> thing, and then you get yeah. the Pierce six. So, like... I mean, Pierce six is, is a lot. <laughs> you know, awful one card. It just depends on what... It, it just doesn't matter in an orange deck, and most of the Blaster lists that I've t- toyed around with are orange, because it yeah. seems to be going in that direction. So, like, right. does, an, does an orange... I mean, and this card is an orange card, so, like, how many orange decks need pure six like I, I don't know but like essentially the way i look at it is and this is the way i look at a lot of pierce is like if my <laughs> opponent has a two defense character then this is basically a plus two um because if, if you unless you're doing like globs of damage that are gonna ignore gotcha. that that two anyway that makes sense so like if you're in that situation where like i don't know like he doesn't have a weapon on him to get to like eight and doesn't have like a field communicator on or something like that to get to nine and you're facing down two, so you should be doing seven. Like, there might be a situation where you're, like, quote, only a six going against the two, and then instead of only doing four or something, you're doing six. But, like, I would agree that it's probably just better as a sideboard card, given, like, a like a, a, a expected orange metagame. If you were expecting more blue, I could see where you would just run this main deck. Yeah. It, it seems fine. Uh, I don't anticipate that we're going to see a whole lot of it in main decks, but you never know. Like you said, if the, if the meta shifts as it typically does in card games, you start aggressive as people figure out the aggressive options, it wraps around a more control-oriented builds, then it'll probably make an appearance around that time. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Next one up is Obstructive Rhythm. It's uh, the armor. It's also a white pip. For each mini cassette you have on the battlefield, the upgraded character is tough one. Uh, it's bad. Yeah, this this is a card. <laughs> it sure is. It is a card. I can't imagine any scenario where I want this. No, it's, it's bad. I mean, if it, I did, a, if it was a utility, maybe, but it's bad. Yeah, I on it. So, in all seriousness, when they first posted this up, I my brain just put it as a utility, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not. And yeah. even then, it's it's still going to be tough. Even if it was a utility, to make it a reinforced plating. Otherwise, you could play the the new one. What is it? Urban camo. I mean, Rabbit just makes it into a reinforced play in yeah. play. So, <clears throat> right, that's the thing. But uh, speaking, not as an armor. yeah, speaking of Ravage, so we got <laughs> the really long name that <laughs> I, I'm not going to be excited about writing on deck lists or deck registration sheets. Buzzsaw Ravage Frenzy Attack. Uh, it's Black Pip. If you have Buzzsaw on the field, draw a card. If you have Ravage on the field, do one to an enemy. If you have Frenzy on the field. Your opponent chooses an armor and scraps it. I mean, the the best use of this card is the is the frenzy ability, and I think he's like the worst Decepticon cassette. So, like, I don't see where you would play this card without, I guess, all three of them because I I think you need both. You need both the other abilities to make it worth the slot versus. I don't I think, think the it, armor removal is. I think the armor removal is worth it, but I don't think frenzy is very good. So yeah, frenzy is not spectacular he also had because i was looking at him again the other day and he doesn't have the right combat tribes he he doesn't really do something like his card text that i'm excited about it's just 
he doesn't have much going for him. The other, I was surprised that you'd said that you cared about that one the most, given your propensity to uh, adore direct damage. But I get it. <laughs> this one's I mean, not exactly. It's just a zap. If it was blue, I would care, but it's not. So. Well, that's the thing is that I feel like this needed another pip, like any any pip. Yeah, I just don't. I just don't. I think you would need to basically make it zap, draw a card, and be black. And which means you have to have both those other mini cassettes in play. And I just don't think that's going to be worth the card slot in your deck to try to get to that mm-hmm. happening in play. So, yeah, it's. I've had scenarios, plenty of scenarios where both of them exist simultaneously. Uh, I don't know if it's worth, like you said, what am I removing to include this to get a zap that replaces itself? Um, I'm not super excited about it, despite all the card text on it. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Moving from there, we have the Autobot star card, which is Interpret the Airwaves. Now, it's a double orange, so it has that going for it. Uh, You can only play it if Blaster started on your team, and you get to look at the top five cards of your deck and put them back in any order. So you, you can cheat a little bit and set up your combat step, or if, you know, the Blaster flip, or Field Communicators, or the list goes on. Or all of the above, which is why it's really important. Well, yes. And it's a double, and it's a double arc. Yes. <laughs> so, I mean, see, this is a card where I would certainly play this card. Right. No doubt. Um, Like a blaster plus a cassette plus a 10 plus this card is worth it to me. Even over Mounted Missiles, the uh, now perennial favorite? Um, I would have to try it, but I mean, like, the, the way that the way that Blaster has to win, in my opinion, is getting out to an early, early advantage, and this will really help you get out to that advantage. Because you you could pretty much, I mean, I would hope five cards in, you would be able to get some kind of weapon that would make a difference. So, yeah. Um, not to mention that you can set up, like, a field communicator into a weapon thing, and the ability. So, like, I mean, I know at that point the field communicator doesn't do much, but, like, right. gives you an extra plus one attack, plus say, three from the weapon, plus setting up your pips as well to be, like, probably, hopefully, at least one double orange. I mean, you're basically using this card to to, like, be a better a better treasure hunt slash, like, incoming transmission all on card. Right. So, like, I don't know. This is a very powerful effect um, with a pretty big downside of having to only see play in a blaster deck like obviously if another blaster was to come out and we and we didn't mention with the sound wave card you can play it with the other sound wave as well yes yes uh, this would be the same thing like if another blaster comes out that i don't know is a spaceship it does something with other side spy patrols or something like that like you would <laughs> yeah. I, I, like i think like you would i think this card is good, very good um i just don't know whether or not if, i mean if the blaster deck is a real deck i would definitely play this card and i think it's really powerful um, especially with the fact that, like, um, you know, Steel Jaw gives you the bold. I mean, like, you can set up, like, some very, very powerful combat steps. as, w- But the most important thing is that you set up the ability. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're definitely going to be getting a, a powerful field communicator off of this. It's just too many cards to go down to not to get nothing. Yeah, you'd have to really whiff. My, I'm- yeah. I'm personally less enthusiastic about it, and the reason for that is in those shells that you were describing where it's Blaster, it's Steel Jaw, and then we have, you know, a Grimlock or whatever, 10-drop, and then one of these. So obviously the, there's the initial thing that will get out of the way. You only got one. 
So the mm-hmm. the quantity of games is that you're going to see it at the appropriate time is obviously much lower. The bigger problem I have is you're going to have to do some dancing in order to ever have this work. Like you have to have it in your opening hand essentially because when you flip blaster, it's not a may. It, like you have to deploy the cassette, so then you'd have to find some other way to get them back under to then trigger the field communicator off of it. Yes, you could later on in the game, you know, turn four or whatever, interpret the airwaves into field communicator, uh, which doesn't seem unreasonable. Um, I just don't know, is that worth all the effort when you could have just done hypothetical option X, whatever that other X is? I mean, it's still going to be a giant incoming transmission type effect, even Mm -hmm. in the late game, so, yeah, you know. It still does, you can still do some very mean things, for sure. Yeah, and still no orange, so, I mean, absolutely, not going to hurt you when you flip it on in attack. So. Yeah, exactly. So, it, it's something I want to keep in mind, but I'm, I'll be honest, I've been focusing more on Soundwave than Blaster myself, and uh, but Blaster is definitely something I want to explore more. Moving from there, we have the one that I'm most excited about, I don't know if you are, Scott, but that's Recover Cassette. Uh, this one is if you have Blaster or Soundwave on the battlefield, you can put one of your mini cassettes from the battlefield under it. If you do repair two damage from one of your characters, it doesn't have to be Blaster or Soundwave, then you put Recover Cassette into your KO area. This one... Yeah, you, oh, God. It's just, it's just oozing with value. Yeah. it's. I wrote something up today just for my own notes as I'm trying to go through stuff. And uh, the number of times where I said, oh, well, if... You do all these things, and then you play Recover Cassette. It feels great. And then I would get to another line, a different matchup, and I'm like, well, you know, if you set up this scenario, and then you Recover Cassette, you just blow them out. And then, oh, well, if you do this other thing, and you do Recover Cassette, and it's just like, I kept repeating Recover Cassette a thousand times, because I love this card. Yeah, it's really good. It, I mean, it's basically like, it's. I mean, yes, you lose a character, quote-unquote, but like, yes. I, I think it's... <laughs> I think it's 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 actually like an advantage to do this because of the ruling that like yeah. all the damage goes off the character, all the upgrades go off the character. Um, so like you know this is a really good combo with Cal's leadership. This is a really good, um, uh, it's just a really good combo when your guy has a bunch of damage on them. It's, yep. Um, I wonder how often that happens. Know, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, you know, it's just, it's just it it just really helps your attack orders um, and, and things like that. I just. I mean, obviously, it, it it also forces you to play the game differently. Like, it, it forces you to um, anticipate that you're either... I mean, obviously, you have it in your hand. You know you have it in your hand. But, I mean, like, if you don't have one in your hand, it forces you to play to getting it in your hand. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you know, you 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 don't want to attack with Soundwave in, in, in bot mode, but, like... Um, I mean, in alt mode, but, like, you don't mind defending in alt mode. Same with Blaster, so... Right. Um, you know, I think time will tell whether or not this is good enough on the Blaster side, because it is an off-color pip for the for, if you're playing as an orange deck. Yeah. Um, the ability isn't as strong in the mid-game, uh, so... But if, I think for the Soundwave deck, it's pretty perfect. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's very fitting that uh, Buzzsaw is on the artwork for Soundwave here. Uh, it, like I said, it does allow for... And you were elaborating on it, Scott. It allows for a lot of unique plays and you can set up some really 
I don't want to say bizarre and interesting doesn't quite cover it, but the, there's a lot of unique scenarios where, you know, you, you mess with the turn sequence or because, as you mentioned earlier, the cassettes have stealth in alt mode. So you can get in, stealth them, and then just kind of wait for a recover cassette. Uh, additionally, because it specifies they come out in bot mode, you don't care what mode you throw them back in under because they're going to come back out in bot mode. So you get to do a lot of interesting things, a lot of fun things with this card. Yeah, I mean, your your characters have 15 health. I mean, healing two is, like, significant, especially when you're a blue deck and you have two defense. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I've been trying to find acceptable repair amounts in other decks, and it's really hard to find. Like, this is a on-color... Repair you know, nine, potentially. Like, yeah, like it, better team up tactic, like in my opinion. So yeah, I mean, I, repair nine's wrong. So they're nine health, so it could be ten. Repair ten, hypothetically, you have eight on one of the cassettes, two from another guy. Yeah, I don't. I think if you're playing in a blue deck, you're gonna have time to get them back out there. Exactly. And the important part is that it gives you the ability again, which is it's strong really at any time you're putting any cards in their hand, and as the game goes longer, they're likely going to have less cards in their hand, so it makes it even more relevant. Um, it's, it's obviously going to be hard to, I think, do everything in one turn. Like I, 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 there's, I don't know how many scenarios there are where you're already in the cassette deck mode and you can flip to the bot mode in the same turn that you do this, but I'm sure you can set it up that way. It's, um, yeah, it all depends on obviously what you're playing against because you need to make sure that the cassette itself is not going to, you know, if you were to callous a bunch of damage over and then, you don't have it in alt mode. You're probably just inviting your opponent to crack them in half. Yeah. So you have to. Yeah. So it just you're right. It, the flip density becomes a little more challenging to make sure that you're then not turning around. And, oh well, I'll put Buzzsaw into alt mode so I can recover on a the callus this turn, recover next turn. But now, if I want to get them out right away, either I can't or I'm delayed and it messes with the wheel turn, it it adds a lot of additional decision points. Yeah, and I don't really feel like playing a bunch of multi-mission gears and brainstorms to make this work necessarily. I just want to yeah. play it for its value. So, like, right. I, I, and I think you can do that relatively easily as long as you're not getting, like, run over. I think it's, it's only going to help you in, the, in certain matchups. Yep. Absolutely. I'm really excited about this thing. I'll... I'm kind of surprised this wasn't the star card instead of the other thing. Um, yeah, yeah, this is definitely like, yeah, that's yeah. True. I the effect feels like it could have been a star card. It would have been hard to then make the deck actually, you know, like the star amounts get really weird then. But it definitely feels more powerful than the Soundwave star card. Yeah, I think, but I think the deck needed this card, and I need, yeah. I needed it to be ruled the way it was. So. Yeah, I can I can definitely agree with that. Um, so that actually brings us back to, or closes out, believe it or not, we managed to get through all eight cards, Scott, and it wasn't four hours long. <laughs> Good. Uh, there's a first time for everything. Uh, any other last thoughts on Blaster versus Soundwave as a whole, or the, or the battle cards specifically, or anything along those lines? No, I mean, the battle cards, unlike all the other, well, other than Metroplex, I guess, like, definitely different than the Constructicon, um, set like these battle cards are really not playable outside of playing mm. with these characters again unless they make different versions of them right uh but uh, at the same time like 
I think that they're powerful additions to the decks, the way that they're meant to be played. So, yep. Uh, I guess the only thing to add is we did have San Diego Comic-Con recently, so these are out in the wild. Uh, there were a bunch of reveals on the toy end, um, including a bunch of cassettes. So we'll have to see how that relates to Siege 2 um, once that comes down the pipe. Since, obviously, yeah, we're getting a lot of... Because that's, because that's where at least we're kind of like retreads of the originals. They weren't... Or were they new Siege-level cassettes? Uh, that's the thing I'm not sure about offhand. So I saw really tiny thumbnails and then I didn't see the official releases for it. Cause I believe there was a, uh, rumble and a rat bat. So, I think, oh yeah, right. There was a rat bat. I think, I, I think the reissue of the cassettes that look like this were just like Walmart 35. Oh, those other ones. Yeah. Those yeah. were not the ones I was. Yeah. I was okay, thinking about the okay. rumble and rat bat. So yes, there were other really obscure g1 cassettes that are getting a re-release but uh, for the the rumble and rap bat presumably will get cards at some stage and then the question is are they going to be spy patrol or are they going to be mini cassettes but we'll, we won't know until we know yeah i think i think we i i would imagine they'd be spy patrols it seems like uh the siege timeline is well before uh 1980s earth so <laughs> yeah I, I think that's a safe bet <laughs> one so. one could assume um yeah. so yeah that kind of wraps it up for blaster versus Soundwave. this next segment which we were alluding to earlier and joking around a bit is actually part two of a multi-part series now the last time that we talked about this particular topic uh we were actually talking about testing and how to properly test and how to uh really prepare way in advance of an upcoming event. It only seems fitting since, again, as we mentioned at the top, by the time this goes live, Gen Con is only going to be a few short days away, that we talk about what do you do in and around the event itself? How are you keeping yourself in the appropriate frame of mind, both the night before, the day of, decompressing for these sort of multi-day events so that you're prepared and ready to go for the next one? So let me... Give me the top level, Scott, the 10,000-foot view. Is it just boiled down to shower, wear deodorant, and eat? Is that all everybody has to worry about? <laughs> no, there's there's definitely more. <laughs> so we're, I mean, that's a good, that's a, that's a good start, but yes. I, mean, I think there's more than that. Just, okay, so everybody out there hasn't been... Yes, those are actually important. I, I'm making a joke, but seriously. No, but seriously, like, do those things. <laughs> yeah. um, so where, where timeline-wise, if, if you take our previous discussion where we were talking about testing and we're, we're months or weeks in advance of an event that we're preparing for. Where are we in the timeline now for this discussion in relation to an event that's coming up? I mean, we can, we can actually, I think we could probably go as early as like the week of before you even leave for the event and then get something from that perspective as well, if you want to. Yeah, definitely. I think that's important because Again, by the time this goes live, it's only a few days, yeah. so people are still getting ready. Yeah, so I think one of the important things, for example, is to sign up for the event, quote, now, um, as opposed to on-site, just due to... And I will say, I, so I haven't been to Gen Con in two years, um, but I will say that when I went two years ago, the, the event sign-up process became much more automated and much more app-friendly. So I will say that that was definitely a much smoother system um 
if you went to Origins and you have not been to Gen Con, it's a little bit different. You don't actually, like, I don't think you sign up. You don't sign up through pastimes. You have to sign up through Gen Con. Yep. Um, so that's a little bit different. Um, so I would definitely make sure you go from that perspective and, and, and take care of that stuff ahead of time. Absolutely. Uh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I was going to say I've given the choice, but I, my whole point is that you shouldn't be given the choice. So I would yeah, do it. It's one of those things that, you know, it seems silly because it's all oh, I'm, I'm if you're taking a few days off or you're, you're using it as a vacation or something like that why am i going crazy this far in advance but it really does save you hassle so one of the things that i'm sure we'll get into or i would want to bring up as we talk about on the day event is staying in the appropriate frame of mind and just having these other things of oh i gotta get up an extra half hour early so i gotta make sure that i can go stand in line and beat all these other people so that I can get my event tickets and then go sign up and fill out my, you know, it's just one less thing to worry about if you have the tickets already or the, the entry fee or whatever already processed and done weeks in advance and you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Again, they've made this process easier than it was years ago, but I would still, and honestly, I signed up for all four of it. So like, yes, so did I, um, like I, at origins, you know, shout out to pastimes. They had no problem refunding me on the events that, didn't feel like playing it anymore because I had already been qualified and it was going to go till too late at night. But like, I would imagine the same thing would happen here, but I just wanted to get my self registered already. So yeah, if they use the same ticketing system that they have the last few years for Gen Con, obviously it wasn't transformers related. So this may or may not apply full disclosure. Uh, usually they would refund you then in generic tickets. I don't know if there's an actual full refund option, but then you use the generic tickets. It's exactly what it sounds like. You can just, go to any other thing. Everything runs through tickets at Gen Con, usually in increments of two. And then you just, okay, well, I'm not going to play in the, you know, the Friday night event for Transformers because I want to do whatever. But then on Sunday, I want to do an arts and crafts thing. Okay, you can turn one into the other sort of thing. But point being is that it's better to get that all out of the way and you don't have it hanging over you running around trying to say, Oh, well, where's this thing? I got to sprint across the convention center kind of thing. Cause I came in the wrong door. There's silly things like that that just eat up time. Right. So that, that would be my, that would be my first suggestion. Okay. So we've, let's say that we, we were very, very studious, very careful. We've signed up for all our events today, today that we're recording it over a week in advance. Got our tickets. We're going to be good to go. We'll pick them up a will call or whatever. Uh, we're still several days out. So what's what's your next piece of advice, Scott? Um, you have to figure out like how many cards you're actually going to pack. It's a good point. So, so especially for the like, if you're not driving, um, you're going to have a much different amount of stuff that you can bring with you. Cards are surprisingly heavy. After all, surpri- very quickly, <laughs> and, and surprisingly not um, not TSA friendly. Yeah, they you will frequently have them search <laughs> cards because it's a container in a container. Yeah, so we're not at that point yet, maybe, but like uh, you will probably, get, especially if you're not going in a giant group, you will probably get pulled over by TSA and have to open up all your cards, and they'll do the check your stuff, and then they laugh, and you all have a good all the stuff. You know, it doesn't actually happen in Indianapolis because, they, but like on the way there, it happens uh, a lot. Oh yeah, for sure. I've had that happen to me numerous times. So, 
That's absolutely true. And the reason I alluded to the card weight, and I'm sure you were going to bring this up, Scott, is given the number of events, if you're somebody like me who tends to either decide on a deck last second, and I'm doing my best to not do that this time around, but I also tend to bring, oh, well, what if I decide I want to make these changes or I want to play something else, which is another topic we'll get into. But uh, for this sort of thing where you have multiple events, you could potentially be playing different decks. That's going to factor into, okay, how are you packing for things? Like Scott said, I'm personally going to be driving out, so I have, I guess, an advantage to that extent because I could just throw everything in the trunk. But if you're hitting up an airline, that may end up uh, costing you something. Or you just throw everything in Palmer's car or your car, and then you're all good. Well, there is that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, but for those that aren't in that situation, yes. um, I mean, I think the big thing, and, and I think the other thing you need to decide is like, and and... Like, I'm always guilty of this. I always bring too much. Um, but, yeah. like, if you have the option, bring a play set of everything. Um, if you don't plan on lending anything out um, or anybody needs anything, then that's all you really need. I mean, if you don't plan on trading cards or doing anything else, selling cards to dealers or doing whatever, then, like, there really is no reason for you to bring any more than a play set unless you need to put play test against other decks. Yeah. Um, even then, slips you know, of you, paper to work pretty well in a pen. Yeah, I mean, you know, if, if you have a bunch <coughs> of decks together that, that cause that playset to occur, then you don't even need to do that. Like, you just have everything set. Um, but don't over, like, you don't need to bring anything more than that, is the point. Like, it stuff's heavy, stuff takes up room. Like, yeah. you know, like again, unless you're going to trade stuff, I don't think there's any reason for you to pack more than that. And even then, then we'll get into this on the, the actual day of piece, but Think about, it's not just carrying it to the airline and then handing it to the airline and then collecting it and going to your, if you're going to carry it around with you physically, we've mentioned it when uh, I, you know, interrogated Scott (laughs) about Origins and how long the days ended up being. And you'd be surprised, even if you're just carrying around an extra 10 pounds, an extra 15 pounds, an extra whatever, that that'll wear on you over the course of a, a 12, 16 hour day. And there's no, like, if you're planning on playing in, you know, hopefully not all four events to have to qualify. Like, what are you going to do with all this stuff? Yeah. Unless you're playing aggro and you're done in five minutes after every round. Like, (laughs) yeah, I mean, just, just, just keep that in mind that there's just not a lot that you can, there's not even a lot of time to do these things. Otherwise, I guess you could look at it like it's a shame. I know some people just like to trade and like, that's all they, that's what they like to go to do. Oh yeah. By all means, we're not saying don't do that if that's your thing. Yeah, but just know that like there isn't a lot of time for probably everybody else to do. That, so just be aware of that. Exactly. Yeah, it it's definitely going to be it, time ends up being the the major resource for a lot of things related to this particular topic. <laughs> Even yeah. though we're still several days out. So we got our event tickets, we've got our I guess our packing list for everything. We've decided or have we decided on a deck? Is that the next piece you want to talk about, or what's the next step, Scott? Uh, yeah, I mean, like as best as early as possible, the better the quicker you decide on a deck that you're going to play, the more actual, I guess you could say, like high quality play testing you're going to get in because you're looking at the deck from a different perspective of one that you definitely want to play. Yeah. Um. So, I, I mean, I can't. I for this event, I can't suggest to anybody. They- the decision like a month out or anything because I haven't made my decision. So it'd be hip- and there wasn't even a month to do it. But I mean, the earliest that you can do it, it's simply because the event is on a Thursday. 
the first one. So unless you're getting there on like honestly like early Wednesday or even Tuesday, there just isn't a lot of time for you to change things up if you're going to follow the rest of these suggestions of getting good amounts of sleep, things like that to come. So like Absolutely. So I mean as early as possible I would try to decide at least deck archetype or, or something that you're going to play that maybe you know you can you can fret about like three to five different cards and you can certainly change your deck throughout the weekend. Um, and you can certainly have options of decks that you're going to play and ch- play different decks and different qualifiers. Like I would highly recommend that, especially if you're already qualified. Um, but as early as possible, deciding on a deck is only going to have the entire situation. Absolutely. Especially in an unknown format like this. And there, there is something to be said for in an unknown format and walking in effectively blind to this meta i mean yeah we're doing our testing other people are doing theirs you can see what the you know the the small event that we talked about earlier or other ones that are around there's not a whole lot of information so you're almost blind going in determining something and then just knowing it inside and out having that knowledge gain as early as possible can help carry you because you will just be more well-versed than maybe your opponent who's still struggling with what they were even going to sleeve up until that morning. Correct. Uh, it, it's one of those things that seems really obvious when it's said out loud, but it may not necessarily be something that you're consciously thinking of if you haven't gone to these sort of events before. It's just different at one of these on a Monday, how you're going to operate at your local. Mm-hmm. I think people have a tendency at these types of events to question themselves more often because they're they're not playing just with their local players they're not playing for local prizes i mean like this is a this is a large event and hmm. people tend to second guess third guess fifth guess themselves in events like this and i think it's probably just your detriment if you go that route i think absolutely just, just as best as possible figure things out and then stick with it as best as you can well I at mean, a certain point you have to just trust adaptable. yourself yeah some players are more adaptable than others but i mean of course i like to get my decision as early as possible yeah it i mean the we all have heard uh, people have been around playing card games for any length of time probably know somebody who's they always change their deck at the last second and they still manage to do well but those people are few and far between and if you look at it in aggregate it may not be always it's just you remember those scenarios where so-and-so did whatever at the last moment and then went on to win as opposed to the 10 times before where they crashed and burned as a result. Yeah, agreed. Um, it's definitely worth, and it it's definitely tough. So don't take this as, oh yeah, just pick a deck and play it. It's right. it's not, if it was that easy, you know, uh, it's one of those where at a certain point, you're just going to say, yes, I've done this amount of work. I feel that that's appropriate. I'm making a decision based on this information. And you just have to call it done at a certain point. So uh, let's say that we did actually manage to accomplish all those three. That's got to take us up pretty close to only a day or two before the event. Is that accurate, Scott, or did you have any other things in between? No, I mean, just make sure you pack your deck. So. Well, yes, that would be kind of important. <laughs> um, pack extra sleeves if you don't feel like spending money. Again, past time has been really great about, like, at Origins, they gave us, um, like, deck boxes and sleeves in every event that we signed up for. Oh, nice. You may get sleeves that way but i always try to bring new sleeves that sometimes i buy on site sometimes get a deal like um i mean you can certainly haggle with the 
the dealer room. But again, if 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 the event starts early on Thursday, you're not gonna have to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I try to at least resleeve my deck with new sleeves before an event. Um, again, shout out to Past Size for because now I have a bunch of sleeves that I can use. They're cool. Um, on very on brand with those. Uh, yeah, they were the Decepticon yes. Autobot ones. Yeah, nice. And the Bumblebee ones and the Optimus ones, I think too. Oh, nice, uh, nice. Uh, so yeah, I tend to do that. Um, you know, I, I guess, I guess once you, so obviously, I'm not going to tell you how to how many hours you need to get, get to an airport or how many hours you need to leave before you get to the event. That's a that's on you. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I, I guess I guess one of the things is like you know once you if you get into Indianapolis in this situation on on say the Wednesday, for example, if you go straight to the site, the line to pick up your bag. Oh, we're losing you, Scott. I think the storm's screwing with you. Oh God, Scott! If you've never <laughs> been there before, and it's going to be like. Um, up here. Are you there? Yeah. It, oh, did you just hear me saying that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you started to turn into a robot there. I think the, the storm was messing with you. So I caught yeah. some of it. Basically, you were saying if you get there Wednesday and you're talking about the lines for everything? Yeah, I mean, even though you're like, oh, my tickets are at well, no big deal. Experience. Like, this will not be a short will call. Yeah, that's one thing about Gen Con uh, and other large conventions as a whole. You have to remember that it's, yeah, you're there to play Transformers, but there's a lot of other people there to do a lot of other things. And as a result, there's going to be a lot of warm bodies standing in line. Um, <laughs> you just got to make sure you hit the timing properly. It, Scott, I think you were saying it earlier, and I got to look it up myself. I think if you get there early enough Wednesday, there might be an opportunity to pick things up, but I'm not positive, so don't quote me on that, listeners everywhere. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's something like between either 5 or 7 and midnight, you can pick up your... And even after midnight, I think it officially like starts and you can pick up your badges. That's all you can do. Mm. But I'm just being honest. like Those lines are going to be throughout the night. Like I remember two years ago, I waited like an hour to get my badge on like the Wednesday night. So like that's going to happen. Like, oh, absolutely. But it's going to happen then, or it's going to happen Thursday morning, and you'd rather it happen on Wednesday. Yeah, absolutely. So, so point being is the earliest can, chance that you can get there to get your stuff. Again, it goes back to what we started with of just ordering everything early. Get it out of the way so that you can have everything grouped, essentially, like timing-wise. So you don't want to have to cut your sleep short to make sure that you get to the venue early if you can help it. Right. Or you don't want to have to skip a meal so that you have to get to the venue early so you can just stand in line trying to get there and get the right. things you need. So just get it out of the way if it's an option. Obviously, like you were saying, Scott, everybody's travel arrangements and everything are going to be different. Everybody's needs are going to be different. So you may or may not have that option. But given the choice, the recommendation is take it. <laughs> get it Get it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I even have friends that are getting in at like, no, you are still going to pick up their badges on opposed to sleeping in and kind of going to get it on Thursday. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I still think it's the right move pretty much no matter what your situation is, as long as you're getting in like on Thursday morning or on the day that you're getting there to play in the. Yeah. Even though it's a Thursday event, I mean, Gen Con has a tagline, the best four days in gaming. It's a large convention. There's a yeah. lot of people. It's a spectacle. I think for the 50th, 
year or two ago, whatever the fifty. They I think they said they had seventy five thousand unique people, or something. It's the along second the... biggest. It's the second biggest, like, thing that happens in Indianapolis next to the Indianapolis five hundred. Yeah, like so. it's a big deal. Um, so just be aware that there's going to be a lot of people. Which I guess just as a side note, be aware that there's a lot of people. Which if you've ever been in a large large crowd for anything, whether it's a sporting event or otherwise, all the same sort of things. Yeah, and just I'm pretty sure that the card hall is going to building and well, that's connected to Lucas Oil Stadium. So like, you're going to walk in the main part of Gen Con, and honestly. It's gotten so big at this point that a lot of the outlying hotels also have things. So you're not as bombarded with other games as you used to be because it's just grown to such a size that there's a lot of people playing other things in other locations. Yeah, they take over most of the city, seriously. Yeah. So, but there is a lot going on. And like, even when you walk in, you're still pretty far from where the game hall is. Um, But that's where you pick up your ticket. So, like, you have to deal with that and you get Mm -hmm. your bag and all that other crap. So, yeah. There's a, it's again, one of those things where it's, there's a lot of people. So plan for crowds and that that's where a lot of this factors in is just give yourself extra time so that you could grab a bite to eat. You can hit up the restroom. You could, you know, you're not frazzled, you know, sprinting across the convention hall in order to fill out a deck list to sit down and have 10, a whole 10 seconds before the round starts sort of thing. This is not your local game. No one cares that you should up late. You will just not play. Exactly. Now, what is, is speaking of that, before we, oh, I didn't mean to cut you off, Scott. They're not going to let you in the card hall without a bat. Like, none of oh, these yeah. things are going to fly like that you're used to. Exactly. That's the type of person that you are, so. Yeah. Uh, speaking of it, it is an unfortunate thing, but do you know offhand, just so that we can repeat it on here, what the policy is, it like, if you show up late kind of thing for a round? For the round or for the event? I don't care about the rounds. I care about the events. Well, I mean, it, it factors in as for both, I guess. I mean, if it's for the event and you had already signed up, I think they just drop you if you're not there, correct? I mean, you probably could get a round one walk, take the hour to fill out your deck list and, and register <coughs> yeah. on site. But I mean, like, if it was for a round, what happens anyway was like, you know, if you have no opponent across from you, they it's a game loss and they have like three or five minutes to show up to get a second game loss. Right. Um, but if you are late for the event itself past starting point, like you're, it's, I don't know whose discretion it's going to be at. So I would definitely not put yourself in that situation if you can avoid it. Absolutely. Yeah. I would assume if you are in that position, you're not making it. Yeah. Don't just don't cut yourself that close, but I guess that's probably what we can talk about next, but yeah. Well, then feel free. Carry on. (laughs) I mean, I, I guess the, I guess the other thing would just be like, I'm sure most people are, are staying, depending on when you signed up, you may be within walking distance, you may be within driving distance. Um, it's busy in that area. Um, so, you know, if you are driving in, make sure you give yourself plenty of time to deal with the traffic. It's more than usual to deal with the parking. Um, I know there is a parking deck on site that I don't think is that expensive, but it's connected to a mall mm-hmm. um, that's convenient. Uh, I know some of my friends who drive in, I think, I think we're probably, you know, we wind up driving in every day, um, from where we're staying, you know, right. I don't know what the, like, again, I'm not going to tell you what you're, when tell the, when to get to the hotel or anything like that, but just make sure you get there before you're supposed to, obviously, um, you know, and all that, but 
you know, I tend to, after I take care of all my stuff on site, like getting my badge and all that on Wednesday night, like I'll usually, you know, meet up with people or go to dinner on and on or around site that night and then go to my hotel or in this situation, our Airbnb and things like that. That's really up to you. Uh, so when you get back to the, the, uh, wherever you're staying, the thing for me, and I know this doesn't, it doesn't apply to everybody is just get plenty of sleep. Right. And I, I can't tell you personally what that is. Like, I'm not one of these like circadian rhythm people, eight hour, <laughs> whatever people, but uh. just whatever you're comfortable with and however you, um, I'm not very good at sleeping in like beds with people I don't know or aren't, aren't used to sleeping in beds with. So like, mm. um, I always had to have my own bed. Um, I always need a, you know, a, a white noise app and things like that to help me sleep. Mm. Um, but assuming that all that is all done, I would just make sure you get enough sleep and then wake up at a, again, it depends on how long your travel is, but this will play into assuming you did all these things, you have your badge, you're pre-registered and all that. You're giving yourself a little leeway, but I always like to eat breakfast before the event, obviously. Absolutely. Um, Remember when you were breakfast? like six and your parents said it was the most important meal of the day? They're not kidding. Yeah. Like it, it actually is a big deal, especially because given the way the, the events are starting at 11, if I recall correctly. I think so, yeah. Point being is that you're going to be in the thick of it during your lunch or, you know, like a normal lunchtime kind of thing. And you, you may want to pack stuff with you. You probably aren't going to have time to sprint out of the hall to get to the food trucks and get back. Oh God, no. Yeah. There, there, there's <laughs> like, <laughs> I was trying to, <laughs> there, there's just no chance. It's not happening. No. So you got to plan the lines of the, the lines of the food trucks are 45 minutes long. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Unless you have like, somebody... whatever, whatever okay. the least, whatever the least popular food you like to eat is what you get to eat because that's the only line that's going to be less than 40. Yep. So. I, I distinctly recall there were times where, like, multiple times while I was waiting in line, the pizza place ran out of pizza and had to go back and get more. Is because, you know, it's just the generic thing. Oh, I'll get a couple slices of pizza. Yeah, that, that was a mistake. It was, it was a <laughs> there mistake. Is a, there, there is, there's a small food court on site. It's nowhere near as well. Oh, yes. <clears throat> um, for those that have been to Origins and not been to Gen Con. Um, it's expensive, honestly. Like, like yeah. even like the like like bagel donut coffee place. Like, so I guess one of the other things I would say before you get to the site is hit up whatever convenience store they're popular in the Indianapolis area. I'm not aware. I think it's Wawa. So, or Sheets. So I'm not really. sure. I assume it's Seven Eleven. You know, Quick Check. I don't know what else the other yeah, ones yeah. are in that area, but hit those up and stock up on water, soda, snacks, whatever you want, because you're just not going to have the opportunity throughout that. I don't even know if there's food in the card hall area at all. If it's like, in the same place as last year or the last couple of years, there is. There's okay. There's a couple, like there's a center one and then there's ones on opposite ends. But the thing is, is it's very much, uh, you know, chicken fingers and fries, hamburgers, you know, like kind of bad hamburgers and fries. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. it, like, A, you're not eating something that may necessarily be be what you want. You know, it's like generic stadium type food. Yep. But and imagine generic stadium prices. <laughs> yeah, maybe more. And it's <laughs> yeah. also to keep in mind that they're also making it for 75,000 people or yeah. maybe literally. So the the timing that of when you get there, just like Scott was saying about the food trucks, you could be waiting for a while just cuz they need to do a new batch because 
a different tournament let out and 600 people were in that, you know, something yes. like that. Um, it did, hence why Scott was suggesting hit up all the, the local convenience stores or whatever um, to try and get as much as you can to bring with you. And one thing I always carry around is uh, water bottles because you'd be surprised how dehydrated you get sitting in that hall. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I will say, I will say the rest, I mean, the restaurant, I will say, like, there's every single oh, type yeah. of restaurant you would want. I mean, there's, you can go your normal bar food all the way up to the high end, like, St. Elmo's Steakhouse one year, which is right there. Yeah. Um. So anything you want to eat is there. And for breakfast, like, there's First Watch right there. There's a Steak and Shake right there. There's yeah. a Starbucks, I think, right there. And, the like, the mall. Sounds has, right. And the mall has a board that also has as well it's mm -hmm. connected to it so like there's definitely enough places that are better quality than just like an egg mcmuffin but hey if that's your thing eat the egg mcmuffin go for yeah it. but, I it's mean, like it's one yeah. of those things like you were saying just like the travel it's you gotta to an extent you have to know yourself what what's a comparable experience where you've been at something like out and about literally all day to the point where it's like 18 hours of the day you're not in your room resting and what did what did you have to do to adapt? Whether it's food, it's you know taking a rest kind of thing. Again, we were talking about events that <clears throat> excuse me they start at eleven. Let's say they go for six hours or eight hours easily. And like, do you if it comes right up against it, where okay, I'm in the last round, I'm on the bubble. If I win, I'm in, or if I lose, I'll drop, and I could make the second event. Highly unlikely. Right. It, it, it's yes, <laughs> but there's there's going to be somebody, so we'll bring it up. Uh, no, I, highly unlikely that that timing is going to work out. To me. Oh yeah, that's yeah. That I was going to follow that up. Um, yeah. But let's say that by some stroke of luck that it works out that way, you do have to make a judgment call of are you going to be playing at your best, or would it be better to just, you know what, today wasn't my day, call it a day, and I'll circle back tomorrow and get rest as opposed to playing until midnight getting virtually no sleep by the time you get back to your room and then coming in, you know, beaten to hell. Well, you wouldn't have to care at that point. You would well, show for the next one the next morning. If you qualified. Right, sure. Yeah, it, but it, it, that, <laughs> that would be the worst case scenario. Is like you do both, then you're like, well, I guess it's number three. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess at that point, it's more about like the tournament effects. Yeah, so And ahead, decisions Scott. that you have to make. Um, yeah, so when, when you, I mean, the other thing I would say is... Um, Print out the deck reg sheets that are on the WPN uh, site now, if you can, and fill out your deck and bring at least bring them with you, so you can have your deck reg filled out um, ahead of time, and that way that'll save you time when you're actually there as well. One thing that'll uh, also help you there is it helps you resist that literally eleventh hour, fifty nine minute change that you were thinking about. We're doing something like, oh, well, I'm sleeving up my deck, and then what are these empty three slots? Where did my cards go? Sort of thing. Like, you'll have it in advance. You can check it before you leave for the site, and you got everything together. Yeah, I mean, starting in a way, like, honestly, like, I'm sure we'll have breakfast at, like, nine yeah. hours, so, like, I'm sure it'll be fine, but I just like to print out the deck sheet and fill it out during breakfast as it is, <laughs> because I just have the time yeah. where I want to focus my mind at that point, so. Absolutely. So I guess from there, um, assuming you're in the event, you sign up, registered, you gave in your deck list, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I guess at the event, as you're playing, 
again, this is going to be this, this. These will likely be the Transformers events that have existed up until this point. Like I have no doubt about that. For um, sure, that the, these will the or, these will the origins ones will be dwarfed from these. Yeah. Um, I expect like one and a half to two times the number of people easily that were in those qualifiers um, at each one of these. So definitely pay attention to how many rounds they're running. Um, definitely, again, as we talked about, we can go back and listen to our origins, recap ones. I mean, the clock is going to be a major factor in the games as well as like after the games are over. This gets to the whole, like, you may not have a chance to go get food and things like that. So that's why you bring that food. Um and, and all that jazz, but like the clock is definitely going to be a, the biggest factor that there is going into the, these events, um, as well as you know, just understand that like there are going to be a lot of players. That this is still their first major event, especially if they didn't go to Origins for sure. So act in a courteous but but appropriate manner. You can be courteous and setting. polite but firm. It it's allowed. Yeah, like it fair. can be done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, because the time again is going, and like, you're just going to have to make people play faster, likely. Absolutely. Um, again, new set, new format, new venue, new organized play. Like, it's only event two. Like, it's not like it's event 100. Like, so mm. you know, you're still gonna have all those factors. Um, if there ever is a discussion, don't hesitate to call a judge. Um, the judges, and that's something that I think bears repeating, Scott. Just to to jump in real quick. Oh God, we're losing him again. <laughs> we're losing him again. He's turning. He's gone back into the matrix. Yep. <laughs> okay. It, it, you were starting to break up again, but uh, it seems to delay what I'm saying to you every time that happens. So I wanted to call attention to the uh, the time and the judge points. So the first one, I know personally, and Scott, you may feel differently. If I'm, if we're getting close to the end of a round and time's running out, and then my opponent is interrupting me to say, "Hey, you need to play faster. I need you to make a decision." You know, we're getting close. It actually elongates the period because then it's like, "Oh, you broke my train of thought. I need to figure out what I was doing and then make a decision." Um, point being is, it may be worth calling it out at the beginning of a round. Especially if you feel your opponent is either going to get offended or they're clearly new or whatever, because then it's, look, we, we need to play at an appropriate pace. It also doesn't help anybody if you break their train of thought and then it's actively working against both of you because then they are eating up more time. Sure. But that being said, it, if somebody's playing slowly, say it call a judge or if it's not slow play it's it's some other thing you have a question about the judges are there for a reason don't feel bad about putting your hand up and yelling judge that's what they're there for uh and nobody should be offended if your opponent calls a judge because that's what they're there for <laughs> it, it it sounds ridiculous but the judges has a job to do and they wouldn't be there if these sort of things didn't come up on the regular yep agree so sorry i didn't mean to to break your train of thought there as we no, were, no, as we no, were no. going through. I mean, I mean the, the big thing is like, I think as best as possible, understanding the game, when you sit down against your opponent and they put out their character, the shuffling, like time that you have, if you think that you're both playing decks that are going to go longer than usual, I would just make like, I would just tell your opponent right away. Like, Hey, 
looking at the situation, we're probably going to be under. We should probably play at a, at a decent pace, and I'll be watching to make sure that we are playing at a decent pace. And if I'm not, please call me out on it well. Right. Um, just because we don't want to be in a situation where, you know, it's an X-round tournament and we get we don't make it because of slow play. Yeah, when you get, end up in the tie bracket, weird things happen. Um, yeah. And as a result, nobody really wins in that scenario. Yeah, and again, we're going to get to the point where if that's the case, you're going to have no break at all in between sure. rounds. Either. Absolutely. Other than the pairings, other than you, somebody walking up the slip and the pairings then immediately going up. Like, that's going to be your only break, which you don't really want to put yourself in that situation if you can avoid it as well. Absolutely. <clears throat> I guess one corollary to that as well is due to the intense scheduling of, of these events, I don't remember. I think, what time does the second one start at five? I want to say it's five. Yeah. So. Technically, you have six hours. Okay, well, that's never that's not going to be six rounds. Yeah, I'll there's always administrative overhead. I'll among be impressed if it's five complete rounds. Yeah. To to be honest with you, if it, if if you have a five round record, when you would have to make a decision whether or not to continue on to the first event of the day or get in the second one, I'll be impressed. Um, to be honest with you, especially on the Thursday, like I would anticipate being partially into the the round that would give you a fifth record um when you actually have to make a decision about whether or not you're going to play in the second event like let's just say it's like you know quarter of five or something like that yeah um so hopefully you'll be in a situation where you can even make an informed decision um but depending on the number of players that there are in the event um there are simulators online um especially that magic players have created um, I can try to find them and, and put a link below. Um, that'll tell you what record you need to make top eight mm-hmm. of an event. So if you mathematically can't make that, or you lost early enough, like round one, round two was your first loss, and your tiebreakers will not, and you like who you lost to is not undefeated, for example. Um, you should seriously consider dropping because your tiebreakers 10th or 11th place and be really angry. So mm-hmm. um, just know where you stand at all times. I mean, mo- I, I can't make a blanket cutoff because depending on the number of players that there are above the break point. So mm-hmm. uh, like, for example, 32 players is a break point. I think is I don't wherever the break points are for how many rounds there are. And the um, tournament document has that. Yes. I think it's like 20, maybe it's 24 or 48. I don't know if 32 is a break point on that positive um, for a number of rounds. I just don't remember it offhand. Yeah. The further away you are from that break point, the better your record has to be and the better your tiebreakers has to be. That's the basic formula. Right. So if it was 32, for example, like if there's 35 players, you need you have more leeway than if there's forty seven players, and that's not another that doesn't lead you to another break. Right. The further away you are from the point, and especially in between two breakpoints, the 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 better your record has to be in order to qualify, and the better your tiebreakers have to be in order to qualify. Right, and it's something important so, to keep in mind to circle it back to what we were saying before, and you had actually just mentioned is that. The, the time as a resource and time both in the round and out of the round for all the things that you do need to do as a as a human being. <laughs> you need to eat. You need to drink some water. You need to, you know, all those sort of things. Um, 
you got to budget appropriately to make sure that you're in your best fighting shape, we'll call it. Sure. <laughs> um, so any other thoughts on that, Scott, or as we're talking about specifically the breakdown for the rounds, or did you want to move right into something else? No, it's just, it's just very important to understand that, like, it, it's not really about your record. It's about, it's, it's not, it's when you lost is going to be more important in these events than, uh, first of all, how you lost. Not really important. Well, um. <laughs> yes and no. So just to clarify, because I, I know what you're saying, but just so people don't misunderstand, it, it matters if there's a, if you're going to care about the tiebreakers. If you go X and 1, Depending on the number of rounds and things, you, you're probably fine, even if you took a round one loss. But you have to go X1 if you took a round one loss. Right. But if you went X2, and when we're saying X2, so it's a five-round event, you finish three and two, but you started 0 and 2. You're not making top eight. Exactly. That's the key component, because your tiebreakers are going to be weaker by the end of the event. And it may be possible, depending on, again, how many people there are, that two losses won't get you in, period. Right. Again, you'd have to seek out those calculators that exist online. Um, it's whatever that triangle thing's called. Pascal's triangle. Yeah. Um, but it'll do it for you, so I just go with those calculator things online. I always um, remember it, so I do it by hand, and then I everybody <laughs> looks at me like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And I probably should just but, memorize it by this point. It would be a lot easier than doing it every time. But yeah, there are there are cool calculators online that'll do it for you. Um, and and the most important thing is just going to be there will be players. It, it it will all in all likelihood it will not be a clean cut. So you will sh people. It's will very share rare that it is. Yeah, people will share records, and it'll come down to tiebreakers. So the most. Uh, Keeping track of your tiebreakers is is really difficult to do, especially when they're not posting oh, standings, yeah, like at all times. So it really just comes down to when did you lose, um, and who and like did and did you lose to a person that is currently undefeated, or did you just lose to somebody else that's hanging out in your area of the of the the standings? Like if you lost to the undefeated player, it won't hurt you as much, although your subsequent rounds will hurt you. Because they have worse records, so yes. it still matters when you lost, um, and that's going to be the biggest factor in like mentally knowing your tiebreakers. Um, but how many people miss at that same record versus make it is going to be like very again very dependent on the number of players that are in the in the tournament. Absolutely, and like you don't want to back your way in ninth and tenth place. Like you want you if you had no chance. Like you, nothing's go like the only miracle that's going to happen for you. It's not going to happen for you. It's not going to happen for you in the first event. The difference between these events and other events is, and this happened, for example, like on the Saturday morning qualifier origins. Like if you if people do make multiple top eights, they they do the the invitations for su uh, Saturday do pass down. So it is possible if you see other players that are doing well that you know are qualify that you may get a little leeway the record change just your tiebreakers yes you may get a more a little more lenient makes sense so yeah be aware of all that because because you have to make this as to whether or not you're going to drop from the from the morning event and play in the and play in the uh afternoon event right 
And if you have no chance of making top eight, why would you stay in for the prizes? I don't know. That seems illogical to me. So Yeah, I mean, it, it comes down to, I guess, what your goals for the weekend are. If the goal is to make the playoff or the, the, the big show on Saturday, I was about to say Sunday, then, yeah, yeah. yeah, it logically doesn't make any sense to continue playing for effectively nothing, given that that's your goal. If it's just, well, these are the, the time slots I have, I want to play for fun or whatever, by all means. But you got to make that value decision as you get through. And these are the things that help keep in mind as you're making that choice. And again, if you're not registered for the later events ahead of time, that's less time that you have to make a decision. Exactly. Because you have to get out, you have to leave you the event run. and go sign up for the so. Yep. Absolutely. Again, the phone app may help that. I'm not saying so just keep just keep an eye out for that. Yeah. It's one of those things that again, you don't if you can do it in advance, you don't want to leave it to the last second because invariably that'll be the time when you can get no service or you know, you you can't get actually connect to anything or any of a thousand other potential pitfalls that end up shooting your plan in the foot. And you're right back to the situation of I have to write another deck. I have to say I'm here again. Yep. All those same situations are going to occur. So Exactly. I'm not saying you that you should fill out your deck and check it at all times. Like <laughs> maybe it's not a bad idea to fill out two of them or something. You have a whole yeah. briefcase de- dedicated to them, Scott, you're carrying just, around just all the time. Just a bunch of different deck lists that I'm going to have, like two of every deck lists <laughs> or something like that. Who knows? But yeah. It would save time, but I don't that's practical. So. That, that, yeah, that might be going a little <laughs> overboard. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that broke my train of thought for a second. Um, <laughs> okay, so maybe we played in, in one event today. Maybe we dropped and went on to another one. Um, if Since we're talking about Gen Con, it's going to be a multi-day event. Is it the same plan over again? Make sure you get sleep. Make sure you get meals. Get some rest. Any other pointers between the days now that you've done it at Origins? Are we assuming you queued or didn't queue? I get well. We'll probably go through both. So let's say you, let's say you you will have to play a qualifier tomorrow. If you have to play a qualifier tomorrow, I mean, what I mean, I guess the, one of the things I can say is, like, go to dinner with your friends. Like, I don't care if it's like, I don't know. Unfortunately, if it's after the second event, it's going to be like at midnight. But like <laughs> dinner, air quotes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like again, like the event doesn't stay. So you can do this, but like you're also there to have fun. You're there to decompress, and you're there to even decompress from the days of so. Like, don't waste the time. Um, I mean, I'm the type of person that always likes to make reservations um, at some of the restaurants in the area, so that I'm waiting in the gigantic lines that there are. Yeah, yeah. Um, after eight o'clock at night, uh, uh-huh. but you know, to be honest with you, like if you can go out to a decent dinner and hang out, do that after events. If you're if you went o two or one two or some. Oh, Scott, I think I lost you again. Oh, no. Scott. Scott, you're killing me. Oh, no, we really did lose him. <laughs> Let me check Discord. Sorry out there, everybody. He's There's a storm in our local area, and I'm sure it just knocked everything out. Um, obviously, I still have power. I wouldn't be live. Gone but not forgotten. <laughs> this will give me a chance to catch up with chat. So uh, while we're waiting for Scott to reconnect, I see Dan putting stuff on me and, me and Palmer, bringing everything out there. 
Uh, is that just thumb? Or is it just thorn? I can't tell because it's like R-N or R or O-M. So I apologize. Uh, the Matrix took him. Yeah, we'll see if he ever comes back. I agree with you, Dan. So it's the food in the convention center is fine in the card game sense. Fine. Where it's okay. You, you get what you get, but if you have the opportunity, definitely eat elsewhere. Yes. The podcast is almost exclusively for the purpose of me showing off my toys. That is correct. Um, I'm here. Okay. Scott, Scott's back. I had a phone call. Thank God. I had a everyone. phone call that knocked me off. Not a, not the weather. Oh, okay, cool. Oh, Okay, cool. I, I got it in there, chat. Thank you. All right. So uh, when we last left our intrepid heroes, um, <laughs> you just I was, cut that part out. That's all right. Well, it's fine. It was like yeah. two minutes, not even. I was catching mm-hmm. up with chat. Um, oh, okay. And just real quick, I apologize for everybody that heard me typing. I was trying to be soft. Um, <laughs> so sorry about that. Um, anyway, so we'll hand it back to Scott. So we're talking about you didn't qualify. You're playing in the next day event. You were saying. Just go out and have some fun, basically, in between. Regardless, I think you should. Yeah. Because I, mean, like, I, I, think I think you need to, with other people as best as possible, this gets back to the team situation, um, yeah. you need to decompress about what happened during the day. Oh, absolutely. Need, need to change and evaluate what happened. So, like, sometimes it's me, also important if you... Sometimes you have a bad day. And that can be mm-hmm. a... T- that's, that's a dangerous thing to say when it comes to card games, so let me preface that. You can't say... I lost. It was all bad luck. I got bad beats. They drew the nuts. There was nothing I can do. That's very dangerous. But it does happen sometimes. Uh, and you need to be able to let it go. So the decompression period or talking to other people and someone else watching your game may go, yeah, I saw the guy's opener. You were dead. Like There was nothing you could do. Um, and then it, for me, at least, it sometimes helps you let go of those. It's not... You know, you're not waking up the next morning and you have even more stress on you because, well, I, this is my last chance. I, ha- <coughs> excuse me, I have to do it today. You know, something like that. It, it lets you go in more loose. Gotcha. Um, but it's also at the end of the day, you're, you're going to play a card game for fun with, with people, with your friends and with, with hopefully new friends. So going out and hanging out with people and getting loose in that fashion after playing for hours and hours on end is also important just from a, a mental recharge perspective. Yeah, I agree. Um, so after you've presumably not been out till four in the morning and aren't going to, you know, sleep on a bench and then go right back into the, <laughs> the hall the next day, um, same repeat from yesterday, just hopefully get everything in advance and you're ready to go and, Give it another, take another swing at it, Scott. Uh, agreed. Same exact situation, other than avoid the bad situation and all that. Mm-hmm. Would you? So let's flip it to the other way, because I'm assuming that kind of closed that one up. If you did qualify, I know you played, and a number of the other Vector Sigma team members played in a lot of events. Would you recommend doing that again if you queued in the first one, or are you wandering around the convention? I mean, I'm not wandering around the convention. <laughs> But, yeah, you're you're I mean, you're hanging out at the card game tables all weekend, huh? <laughs> I mean, I would play I would play in the event the next day. I mean, I would likely play in the early one. I don't know that I would play in both of them. Right. The next day, like I didn't do that at, at Origins, but um, I would definitely play in the game. Uh, probably the early one the next day. So, um, yeah, 
I don't know what the uh, uh, schedule is. Like, I, I, I wouldn't play in the 5 o'clock one. Yeah. But I would definitely p- probably play in the 11 o'clock one the next day and play to win. Like, um, you're not hurting anybody. Yeah, since everything win. passes down, you're not dream crushing in that capacity. Right. So, uh, you know. So I would I would play to your best. I wouldn't. <coughs> I played a different deck like the next time, but I don't know that you. If you feel like you want to continue to play the same deck, feel free. Mm. Um, if you want to get more practice with it, because again, this is a new format. Right. Um, but if you want to play something different, I don't I don't blame you for that either. I mean, because that way you might just have a different. Remember, the top thirty two is not. You don't have to play the same deck. Yeah, you're not locked. You in. played and qualified with, so you can feel right. whatever. Absolutely. So yeah. So any other thoughts on what we're doing or what you'd recommend people do when they're physically at the convention the day of or in between the various events, anything like that? Um, I don't think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for that. I would agree. I don't. Given the way these things are, it, so I know there's a lot of people out there that it, obviously if you're listening to this, you're watching this, you're you're focusing on the competitive end of the game or you're trying to gear up for a competitive event. It's perfectly fine like my wife and i love going to gen con to go wander the exhibitor hall and there's some other games that we're looking to pick up like other board games and stuff uh everybody on the team loves to bust my chops that i play a thousand games but i really do um and it it is going to get challenging trying to make sure that we can accomplish those other things but the way the schedule works out you got all of sunday so hopefully if you're not traveling all day you can play a whole lot of transformers and then get everything else in you know more at a much more leisurely pace on Sunday. I guess the one thing I would say is you don't go into this expecting that like I don't there's always games that come out of Gen Con and like there's always like oh yeah mad line to get them. Like yeah. It's gonna be really difficult for you to get these things and play in these events. Absolutely. I mean the time the time may work it's, out because I think because mm. the event doesn't start till eleven, but those lines are long and like so I, yeah, if you're don't base your whole weekend on assuming that you're going to get a particular piece of swag by waiting in line, because that many people law of averages, it's just, you know, they only have so many copies of thing. Um, now to bring it back to transformers for a moment, I guess we can bring up the blaster versus Soundwave starter that, uh, is going to be for sale. There will not be Omnibots. Uh, According to Drew, it sounded as though there were many, 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 many more copies than the packs from last year. Um, he didn't obviously give us a number, and clearly we don't know how many people are going to be there. I don't know. I assume they're going to limit it to one per person per sale. Um, I think you... so, and I think and they're for sale. I think at the pastimes booth, so they'll be for sale in the card like area, yeah, it... not in. The Dior Hall. Well, they did, Pastimes does, or at least did last year, and I assume they will this year, have one in the Exhibitor Hall. I assume they will not be selling it there, but they. I got oh. my stuff last year in the Card Game Hall at the Pastime booth where I, you would presumably go to also sign up for these. Right. I, I would assume it's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'll get some more information on that, and it'll probably be very plain when there's a line to Kingdom Come for why everybody's there. 
I think the I think honestly, John's already re- responded to other Facebook posts where this is explained. So if you just look up John Temple gotcha. from past times, I'm sure he's already answered this. I just don't know offhand. Yeah. Um. But I'm. I think they're selling it actually in like this, like you said, the sign up area. Exactly. Uh, and all that. So. Yep. Yeah. There's. There's going to be a lot just Transformers related, and if you're at Gen Con for other stuff, that's perfectly fine. Just be aware of all the things that Scott was outlining and that we've been talking about. That. You are going to be pressed for time. You just need to make sure you take care of yourself as you're trying to accomplish all these things. Uh, if you want to pack every second of every day, that's up to you, but you need to be aware of what that can take its toll kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, you do want to pace yourself. You'd be surprised how mentally and even physically exhausting it can be to sit and play cards for like 12 hours straight. You know, you... you You'll be at the end of it and going, "How? Why am I so tired?" And I only sat here, but it, it can be tiring. <laughs> yeah, um, it, it's really a weird thing that I didn't. I mean, I learned it years ago now, but it was you know the first time I went to one of these events, and I'm like, I sat on my butt playing card, <laughs> playing with cardboard. Why am I exhausted? But it, it really is a mental drain, and that's why it's important, as Scott was saying, to to detox from some of these things every once in a while. Get up from the table. Make sure, you know, you're getting water in you, that sort of thing. I mean, I guess we should have mentioned this, like, in the very beginning. Like, mm. when you're making... That's why, like, when I make my travel arrangements, I'm not, like, you know, a teenager anymore and looking to, like, have people sleep in bathtubs because this is how you <laughs> feel after the event. Yeah. So, you don't want to be in this situation, so... I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people that still do that, yeah, but I'm not doing that anymore. I'm getting a bed... <laughs> And I'm sleeping in a bed and I want to make sure that I'm okay on that front. Cause it's not, I'm not as young as I once was. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> the Transformers CCG audience seems to be skewing to a higher demographic. So I yes. don't think that's going to be as much of a factor, but um, right. If you, if you can avoid that situation, I would. Yeah. Unless, unless that's what you want to do. And if you do more power to you, I guess. <laughs> um, sure. Yeah. It's uh it's definitely going to be a fun weekend. I'm I'm really excited about it. Again, we, not to be a broken record, but like, by the time this goes live, we're going to be just days away, and I'm very anxious to shuffle up some cards. I'm very anxious to to play against some new people. Um, it, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it should be good. Yeah. Any other closing thoughts, Scott? For what you want to do as you're leading up the days before or the day of an event for any newcomers out there? I mean, just play methodically as you're playing in the event. Hmm. Um, like you said, keep yourself fed, hydrated. Again, like you said, you can, you're not going to have like, I mean, you would, you would, my, I, I don't like get up on the table and like feel dizzy or anything like that, but like, you just want to keep yourself as best as possible because, and again, like you might see the chicken finger lying across the hall, but you just might not have time to get to it. To yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, you had said, you mentioned this at the Origins recap episode, that they did, they being pastimes, were very regimented and, like, they got things out, correct? Uh, yeah, there is no, this is not other game companies. You you will do not get a lunch break. Yeah. There is there is none of that. So, I, I mean, I, I think that's positive, personally, because that's what allows the schedule to stay as the schedule, like, and to mm. have multiple events because of it. So, I mean, that's why that's why you're able to play at more than one event in a day because we're not having things like lunch breaks. Yeah. So, um, you know, you won't have that. Don't expect that. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I, I guess just 
just know that accordingly. Like, don't, again, like, that's why, you know, we, we said pack up on snacks and things like that because you just may not have a chance. I don't care what deck you're playing. I don't care what mindset you're in. It, it just may not work out where you're able to, like, you know, go get something. You're definitely not going to get those food trucks. I'll tell you that. So, like, yeah, they, you might as well just not even worry about what they say. Yeah. You're, you're not making those. So Absolutely. You know. That's yeah. what I can say about that. Like, you're definitely not making those food trucks. For sure. Yeah, for me, it's always a uh, a constant struggle to make sure that I have an appropriate amount of snacks <laughs> on on hand because I I would eat all day anyway, uh, and then I have other things that I got to worry about. So um, the only other closing thing is, especially if this is one of your, your first events or first large event or something, I... Uh, Try and keep in mind what what's different. Like Scott said, it's not you're not going to your local store, and that's not meant as a pejorative. It's it's just different. It's a different atmosphere. It's a different type of thing. Definitely try and have fun. I mean, that's the whole purpose. But we are, it is a competitive level event, so I hope that you're going in. Your fun is in the competition um, because there's going to be a lot of people there, and they're they're playing for real kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it, I mean that, that it's not just about the time. It's not just about the time thing, like we talked about earlier. It's just about everything around surrounding it. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Dan's thrown in the chat. Uh, stay hydrated, hundred percent. Bring snacks and just know when you're out of contention, like you were uh, elaborating on earlier, Scott. Because you're, it's going to feel real bad to hit ninth when you're shooting for at least eighth and you missed an opportunity to jump in the other other event. If it comes down to it. And I'm not saying, I'm saying, and if you don't know, ask somebody. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of people who, if if you're inexperienced, there's going to be plenty of people standing around or walking around that would be happy to lend some knowledge. Because I can tell you what's going to happen is other people that do intelligently drop out might make your final standing look like you were closer than you actually should have been because the 10 people in front of you knew to drop, so you wound up in 10th. Like you didn't right. really wind up in tenth; you were in twentieth. So, That's a good like, point. That's a very you good know, point. Like, don't, I I wouldn't take. I mean, I don't. I don't want to sound harsh. I wouldn't take a lot of pride in that. Like when if that was to happen, yeah. Because in all likelihood, the first scenario did happen where a bunch of people were forced to drop because of the six hour in between uh, events. Right, right. I guess. I guess the only other thing I'll say is like if you do go like o two or one two, um, like I would leave the area. And like, go get like, even if you already ate breakfast on the Scotlandist schedule of having to eat breakfast at nine, <laughs> like, go eat lunch then at that point. I yeah, mean, it's worth then you have time yourself, to go like, get something. Yeah, yeah, you have at this point, you have three or four hours, but I wouldn't walk around like, unless you really want to like chalk it up to like whatever and you want to do other things like go to the dealer hall and things like that. But I would definitely like just leave the area as best as possible and try to like collect your thoughts. Like, I remember I went to an event in Arizona. Um, which I had never been to before. And like, I did, it was, it was another multi-day event like this. Um, and there was like an event that started, let's just say nine o'clock on Saturday. And there was going to be an event that was going to be like six o'clock on that same Saturday. And there was another event that was the Sunday morning. I did so bad in the, the Saturday morning one that like I left the area, went to a mall, walked around, got Mexican food, like came back and like won the, the night event, like, because I needed to get out of where I was and like collect my thoughts and just get away from the game for at least a small period of time 
to figure out like and not just necessarily like what happened i mean this was a multi-format event so like i wasn't gonna be playing that same format again so like maybe it was just easier for me to decompress because i'd have to worry about like how it's going to be changing my decks and things like that because the format was completely different but right i still think like what i did like you could learn from yes and get away from it and i know like other people have done the same thing um, in other events. Oh yeah, it's like so anything else. Sometimes it's worth getting a fresh perspective. Just even if it's a physical relocation, it, it your brain shifts a little bit. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Um. So yeah, that that kind of does it for me. I don't really have much other input at this stage. I'm sure. There, you know, if you were to ask me on site, I'd I'd say something else, but it's probably food related. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's invariably always food related with me. Um, <laughs> but there's a, there's a really good Weber Grill there. There's a really good First Watch there. There's a really good yeah. St. Elmo's there. There's a really good. But there's a couple of really good sports bars like right there that oh, play yeah. like Lord of the Rings during Gen Con. Nice. Um, but you know, as best as possible, go to have fun. But I will say, like, if you're new to card gaming on the competitive level, like. And Transformers. So probably if open either your Transformers eyes. is your first competitive game, or you're new to this aspect of it, it's going to be completely unlike anything you've done before. Absolutely, that's for like sure. your local store qualifier is honestly nothing. If you already had that, it's nothing compared to this. Like, yeah, um, this is going to be just a much higher level of competition with much larger prizes on the line and much, you know, much stringent rules and timing and things like that. So absolutely. I guess I'll close it up with this, one of the things I started with, uh, shower, deodorant, food. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, it, it's, it's a joke, but it, it, it's not really a joke. I'm not joking. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but anyway, so I, I think that really does close it up this time. I know we said that like 10 times, but we're looking forward to meeting a lot of new people. I certainly expect and hope that there's going to be a lot of new faces and a much larger quantity of people at gen con than origins not that origins is bad but like it, we're building up steam and i'm looking forward to it so uh and please give us feedback on 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 both the website mm -hmm. ourselves the podcast like absolutely want to hear whatever like we're gonna be there like we're and we're not gonna be like you know having a booth or anything like that so when you play against us or you see us just you know make sure you i'll be easy to, to find i'm gonna look like optimus prime you're such a weirdo <laughs> I do what I can. I got I to stand out from the crowd. Anyway. Um, all right, everybody. We're going to close up shop. Um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Random Thoughts.